Good evening, guys. Welcome to Razzie's Football Show. Um, season 2, Episode 9. We have Bav from USA and we have Kevin from North London. Hi, Bree. Welcome, guys. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. What's up, man? Very good, good very guys. good. How are you? It's been a it's been a um, a good weekend for both of our teams, so I think this podcast will be a bit more livelier than usual. Kevin, tell us how you feel about your your team's victory against Leicester, which is a strong team. Yeah, very pleased, very pleased. Um, obviously, when Tiedemann's got the opener, we sort of feared the worst. Um, but having said that, I was still quite buzzing from Thursday night so even if we lost that game I still would have been in a good mood today because I know the league the league's gone so yeah but yeah I'm just buzzing about the Europa League um, results so yeah hopefully we can kick on from that so your 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 hopes are on um, Arsenal basically going for the Europa League right yeah yeah I mean we've still got an outside chance of doing something getting close to sixth maybe but it's going to be tough so yeah I, I think we should just put all that eggs in one basket and I, I can see why Arteta played that team why he rested Aubameyang and Saka um, it, it made perfect sense um, what he's done there give those guys a breather um, let party have 30 minutes at the end yeah it, it made total sense now had we have lost that game Kevin would your thoughts be the same yeah, like I said, even if we lost that game, I would have been in a good mood. Um, because I know it's just very speculative for us to expect us to finish any higher than ninth. So, you done the right thing putting that team at, um, yeah, the likes of Marie and, yeah, Party was rested, Aubameyang was rested, Saka was rested. William, who we slate nearly every week, <laughs> he stepped up. He stepped up. Pepe as well. Those boys, yeah, they needed that bit of confidence and maybe maybe something's clicked in training, I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to complain. Um, Pepe looked like Maradona, right? Yeah, that's what, you, that's what we've been wanting to see. I mean... The thing is, on paper, you guys have got a pretty decent team, you know. Um, and, and I think... But, and I say this to both of you guys, you guys are a bit too harsh on your team sometimes. But the reality is that we've got to look at the situation. The season hasn't started great for anyone, really. Everyone's had their dips and ups and downs. Arteta's still a fairly new manager. Um, so you've got to give him a chance. And, I, and I'm, you know, I've, I'm quite optimistic for you guys. I think you guys will do better. If not this season, def- definitely next season, there's, you guys are going to make up some ground. I can see it. Yeah, we, we hope so. But, you know, having said that, yeah, you're right. If, if we did, if we lost that game, Arteta's head, we would have been calling for his head 100%. Um, obviously, the FA Cup victory last season, that's probably gave him a bit, a bit of credit in the bank. And that's probably why he's lasted as long as he had, as long as he has. So, yeah, hopefully the squad can just stick together and try and just battle f- for the rest of the season but that's what we want to see for the rest of the season that sort of fight 
Yeah, I think we were lucky that Leicester had Madison out and obviously Harvey Barnes got injured, what, late, early 40s? Yeah. Especially on the cusp of the second half, right? But if, if Madison was playing, it could have been a different game. Um, but I think we might actually have a chance, right? Europa League, contrary to what I said last week, because the draw's gone in our favour, right? AC Milan are playing Man United, so by default, there's one less team to potentially play if we progress against Olympiacos, which we should do because it should be our revenge again. There's, that still boils my blood that we lost Olympiacos. Sorry, Olympiacos last season. We, should, we shouldn't be losing to teams like that. No. But European competitions, yeah. Bav, it's always like that. Yeah, You're going to face a team and they'll, you know, come out with, you know, the the decisive moments where you guys... Yeah, can... but this is over two legs though, right? I mean, over two legs, would you expect... A Liverpool to be beaten by Rosenberg, as an example. That's what this equates to, man. No, but it does happen. I mean, cup competitions are always like that. So, I mean, the thing what I've noticed about Arsenal, and I think the team that you've got with the players you have, if Obama Yang is fit and he's, you know, he performs and he turns it up a notch, you guys have got every chance to win it because you got that player. And, and I think he is, and we spoke about this a few few um, episodes ago, that he is the top five best strikers in the world. So, yeah, you know, with a player like that, you need to utilise him. And I think you've got the midfields coming up. If Willian can show what he used to do, why not? I mean, I saw him skip past a few players. I was like, where did that come from? Yeah, but Willian and some of the other guys, it's all about consistency. I mean... You can't turn up once every eight games and expect, you know, to be in the team every week. And yeah, kudos to him. He got a couple of assists. He looked like a world beater. I still have my doubts about William, and, and that's just maybe me. I'm just probably a little more harsher than most fans. You have yeah, every I, right to be. You have every right to be. But the bottom line is, I think this could be the dis- turning point for your season. Sorry, Kevin, I, you were saying something. Yeah, go on, Kev. Yeah, no, I was just saying. Yeah, William, like just. Against Leicester specifically, there's a turn of pace there that I haven't seen all season. I, I was beginning to think that that we brought him as as he as after an injury or something like that because all season I haven't seen him try and take no one on or accept, really use his acceleration that we've seen in those Chelsea days. It's like I don't know what it is, but yeah, he, he just looked a bit fitter in that he looked as fit as I've seen him in that in that Leicester game. Let's see, let's see. It's very strange, but um, yeah. We'll I'll take that as a flash in the pan. Let's see if he does it next game. Let's see, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's been a you know good weekend for both of our teams. I mean, finally Liverpool win a game because it's been a while and I forgot how winning felt. Hey, I saw the first half and I was like, these guys are about to lose five league games in a row again. The podcast yeah. will be interesting next time round. Yeah. I was waiting for that, but... Hats off, man. Some of, you know, I mean, that young guy, Curtis Jones. I mean, if anything's good come out of the season, it's been Curtis Jones' um, performance. He's got a good run in the team. And he's actually proven to be, I would say, at the moment, the, one of the strongest players in the team. He's, he looks good on the ball. He looks very composed when he's, when he's got the ball. And he's not shy of you know, taking a shot or passing the ball through. Yeah, it looks, he looks pretty good. And he's... Very young still, I think he's what, 20, 21, something like that. So, yeah, you know, he's got a 
prosperous um, career ahead of him, I think. Yeah. So that's the one bright spot. And Bab, just on that, remember I kept telling you, play a centre-back and it will be a difference? Well, Henderson wasn't playing in defence and we win again. Surprise, surprise. What's your thoughts on that, man? It's just obvious, isn't it? I mean, he, he could have saved himself the embarrassment. Something's not right, period. <laughs> well, yeah, but the fact of the matter is, right, they didn't look like they were going to score either, which most teams did against Liverpool, even the worst teams, Fulham's and everyone. But they didn't because we had actually a centre-back playing at the back. Nat Phillips pretty much broke a lot of the stuff. And um, that, what's his name, Kabak or whatever his name is, he looks good now. I mean, that's all you needed. And I think that was, that was a problem. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously they've trained together a few times in training, clearly, and just two defenders having that spatial awareness that hey, if I drop, this guy's going to go long, so on and so forth. They they're on the same wavelength, right? Exactly. So it helps, and obviously Sheffield United have no creativity, which makes it a lot easier. But if you're playing a big six, seven team, it might be a different story. It might be, but it'll still be a better story than seeing Henderson at the back and. Like I keep saying, Henderson being at the back was a problem because he wanted to act. He's not used to playing as a centre back. He forgets that there's no one behind him apart from the goalkeeper. So that was the problem. And he got exposed. Let's be honest. He ain't the fastest player on the pitch. And his aerial, you know, and physicality, he's not as a defender. So he's always going to be pushed about. And, you know, the Premiership is a very, very tough league to play in. If that was La Liga, you could have made it work. Let's be honest, yeah, because it's a little bit more, how can I say, more technical. But in this league, it's a bit tough, you know, and every, you know, people get found out. If you're playing out of position, you're going to get found out, no matter what. I mean, we spoke about Arsenal a couple of weeks back where people were playing in the positions they're supposed to play in, and bang, you get a result. And I think it's the same for Liverpool. Now, I think he needs to give this guy a run or let that, Kev, that Davies guy, whatever it's Ben Davies, he needs to play. Cause he wasn't actually in the squad, so that must mean that there's some sort of niggle, clearly. Yeah, there must be something not right. But, I mean, why would you buy a player that's injured? I don't know. I mean, it could have happened in training. Who knows? But Klopp knows better than everyone else. And I believe in Klopp, but I just think over the last few months, he kind of lost his way. Hopefully, the Henderson injury has now made up his mind what he needs to do and he can't rely on playing midfielders in defence. I mean, what's going to be a shock is the next game he plays Milner in centre-back. You know, that would just wind me up again. Ooh. It's going to be goals galore. The next exactly. time you guys is Chelsea, yeah? Yeah, and exactly. Chelsea that's what I'm worried about because when it comes to big games, he tends to rely on Milner. Now, is he going to take Nat Phillips out and play Milner in that position instead? And that's going to be a problem because Milner's not a centre-back, let's be honest. And he's... That's just going to be goals galore, like um, Bab said. You know, Timo Werner is going to have a field day. Field day, yeah. So yeah, that's a very big game actually because um, yeah, the rating results have gone. They've probably fell in your favour this weekend, haven't they? With a little bit. Chelsea yeah. drawing. Yeah. Um, West Ham lost, didn't they? And they're, they're, they're in the fourth at the moment. Yeah, they lost to Man City, so it okay. kind of helped us out a little bit. But yeah. I mean, so Raz, you think you're going to make top four? Because last week. The answer was no. It, it looks good for you guys right now. To be honest, I, I, I don't... 
No, I don't. I don't think we're gonna get top four. There's no chance of that. The, um, I, that's what my. I, I still think West Ham's got a lot to offer still, um, and um, the way they've been playing. You gotta remember, they only played Man City. They were gonna lose that game, right? Yeah, it's still West Ham. Are you still thinking there might be a little buckle along the way? Um, probably Leicester are still the ones you've got to be most fearful of. I, I know you said um, Brendan Rodgers always bottles it, but... I told you, though. Look, you guys beat him. That's a bottle. And maybe keep hold of that fourth position. Um, what yeah. do you guys think? I mean... The thing is, um, look, look at Leicester for example. Yeah, they they lost in the Champions League. Was it the Champions League, Europa League, whatever it was? They Europa lost. League. Europa League. Europa Sorry, yeah, they lost. Again, he seems to have a problem going past the last sixteen, constantly. Um, yeah. He, he he can't he can't get any further. He, he that same thing happened to him when he was at Celtic as well. So what does that show you? He's a bottler, and and you know with Liverpool he had similar problems. He keeps doing it. I know I keep mentioning this, but you, um, you guys beating him, that was exactly what I said to everyone. I be, I was, my, my brother said to me, for example, he said, I don't see Arsenal beating Leicester. I said, you watch, that's going to be an Arsenal win all day long. And you beat him at home. Now, I know there's... And you're trying to say, you were trying to say before, Brendan Rodgers is the right man for Arsenal. We don't need bottlers. I'm going to take that back. I think that you don't need bottlers. And you, uh, Brendan Rodgers wouldn't be the, ask, uh, 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 the answer for you guys. I personally think right now you've got the right guy. If I'm honest with you. If he's not the right guy, then it needs to be a credible manager that's worked 10 years in like a top league. Allegri. And Matt is one of that caliber. I don't yeah. want no Mickey Mouse. I don't want no Donald Duck. <laughs> no, no Donald Trump. Trump. I don't want no Mike Bassett. Nah. <laughs> you can have Harry Redknapp if you want. Nah, we're good. Or Sam Allardyce? Nah, I'm good. Oh, Sam Allardyce, he likes to call himself or whatever it is. But yeah, no, I mean, what about someone like Sean Dyche? Nah, let's, we may as well stick with Arteta. I think we're too heavily invested in him at this time anyway. And it's a three, four year project. Uh, but you guys haven't, have you got anything in the academy that's coming through right now? Any good players coming out of there? I think that's a question for Kevin. Kevin may have a better idea than me. Kevin? Um, not, apart from the usual suspects that you know about, um, the likes of Belogan and, and Reese Nelson, guys like that, I, I don't know about any. Well, speaking about that striker, uh, Fularin, He's actually deleted everything Arsenal-related from his social media. So wow. that means he's, he's, he's obviously switched off. He's clearly going somewhere. And I think he's about to be a free agent anyway, if I'm not mistaken. So, But there, there is one guy that's actually get, doing well. He's on loan in Scotland. Zek Medley, the central defender. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think he's at Kilmarnock or Dundee, one of those teams where apparently he's been doing okay. But again, we've got a couple of loan players that are actually doing well. Like Saliba's doing well at... Uh, where is he at Nice? Yeah, I think it's at Nice. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have too many expectations for our team in the transfer window. I mean, I would love to see a marquee signing, but I just don't see it happening. 
Yeah, that, that's why I was questioning that because obviously Arteta is not going to get any money to build the team that he wants to build. So has he got anything in the pipeline in the academy that he can bring out and you know give him a run in the team? So you know, I mean, certain managers have done that in the past. Yeah, no, nothing's going to change until the ownership group at Arsenal changes. I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Conte Stan Conte, the American owner, out. Not good for Arsenal. Yeah. He, he he's yeah. more invested in the other football, American football, FA Rams. They just you know did a trade and paid over the odds to get this trade done. So I don't know. I think his interests clearly lie elsewhere. Fair play, fair play. Um, but if there's one mark signing, I would love to see. You guys are going to laugh at me. João Felix. He's so underutilized at Atletico Madrid. That would be a game changer for our team. That would be an absolute game changer for a lot of teams, mate. To be honest, I think he's a great player. Um, and he's got a lot to offer and he's still very young, explosive, you know, skillful. He's got a lot, to be honest. But he's just, yeah, you're right. He's underutilised that um, Atletico Madrid at the moment. He'll be an asset to any team in the Premiership. Especially the top four. Which we're not, so we're not going to get him. Let's see. You never know. Arsenal's a big club. And again, I keep saying this, Arsenal's a big club, you've got a good, great stadium, great fan following, and a lot of people like Arsenal because of the, you know, the past, you know, endeavours that you guys have done. So, you know, you never know. And with Arteta, he can bring some of these, you know, players from Spain, Portugal, because of the language, you know, I mean, Portuguese and, you know, Spanish is not too, too different. I'm sure they can managed to communicate. I know a lot of Spanish people that can speak Portuguese as well, so it's not going to be a problem. And you never know, that could happen. And again, he can go into Spanish teams and pick out some of these players from the likes of, you know, Sevilla, where they haven't got no money, Valladolid or Real Sociedad. You've got loads of teams there that can offer players. Valencia are in a relegation battle and there's a lot of talent that always comes out of Valencia. Yeah. And exactly, um, I mean, I think Arteta's from the Basque country, right? So I'm sure yeah, you can get correct, some yeah. of them. But fingers crossed, Valencia get relegated so we can take advantage. Well, you never know. <laughs> Moving on, though, I mean, how great do Man City look? Every week we keep saying this. There's just, it's just steamrolling teams now. How many wins stop. is that on the trot? I think something like 14 or 15 wins on the trot. Well, 20 in all competitions, but... Man, I'm, I'm just... I like watching Man City. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, it's almost like watching Barcelona. Yeah. From Guardiola days. Guardiola days, 2009-2010 days. And I keep saying, if they had a striker that could put the ball in the back of the net, man, there would be so much more entertaining to watch. De Bruyne is back now as well. Aguero yeah. looks like he's coming back. Yeah. It's just going to get better and better for him. So, yeah, I think they'll end up winning the title by, with 15-20 points, I reckon. If everyone yeah, I mean, has to drop it. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. What so. did you guys say last week? I gave you guys a choice, right? Early Harland and Harry Kane. Who said what again? Remind me. I said Harland. Kane. Kevin said Kane and Raz said Harland. Yeah, all day long. Did you guys hear that? Just to go off topic for a second. Did you hear about... Uh, again, this is all uh, from the papers. Man United... They had the chance to sign Erling Haaland in 2018 yeah. for €3 million. Euros. Kevin, you heard about that? No, not at all. I so heard about happens, it. 
the Erling Haaland's agent and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's agent are the same guy. Yeah. They had a meeting arranged, nine p. Sorry, nine a.m. UK time, and one of them misunderstood it as nine a.m. Central European time. So because the phone call didn't happen, they missed out on Erling Haaland allegedly. <laughs> that might go down as the biggest screw up in history. That's something Arsenal did. <laughs> <laughs> With Luis Suarez offering one pound extra, yeah? Hey, you know if we had got Suarez, man, this would be a different dynamic. Yeah. Well, there was talks about Suarez coming back this season, but it didn't happen. Imagine that. Yeah. But, but Harry Kane, you know, I know we spoke about Harry Kane last week and we had a little chat yesterday. I think he has to leave that team that he plays for. It's just a waste of talent. How long as a player can you be at the same team for seven, eight years and just not win anything? Would he I'm be the same player? Because I don't want to jinx it, man. I, I still, I'm still fearful that they might do something against Man City in the, in, in the final. And um, yeah, it's just that Mourinho effect. I'm, I'm still fearful. Yeah, but Kevin, I mean, respectfully, that Carling Cup or whatever it's called these days, is it really? A competition to be proud of. No, like, it's something that that you can build upon. Like once once you get that winning feeling, you can turn into something bigger the following season. Did I win it? Mourinho's first trophy was the that cup, right? So yeah, he loves that cup. Though. At Chelsea, just to be clear. Yeah. The thing is with Tottenham, they've got some really good players, right? Um, but. You know what happens with Mourinho, and it happens every time. And I'm telling you, this is the third year, third season syndrome is not far off now. Yeah, as soon as he gets to that third season, he might win a trophy. So yeah, Kevin could be right. He might win this worthless cup or Carling Cup, whatever you want to call it. And he's gonna win that, and your f- Tottenham fans will be like, "Yes, we won a trophy. What you guys won, and this, that, and the other." And come the next season, it will be like, you know, second half of the table. Team in disarray, all that kind of stuff, and then Mourinho's out, and it's all of a rebuild. Yeah, but Daniel Levy is not going to fire Mourinho. It's going to cost him like thirty-six million pounds to do that. He's done it with Pochettino, though. Very astute businessman. He's not going to let him go for that sort of money, knowing that you can sign one marquee, potentially marquee player at that price. I think he will. If he has to, he will. The pressures of fans is too big. As soon as they, they see a mess, they get rid, don't they? It's going to happen. He's a, he, he makes a mess. in the stadium, that's probably helping. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I agree with Kevin on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it does help. But because they're not enjoying the football. All the Tottenham fans I've spoken to, you yeah. know, they're not enjoying the football. Um, they think it's too negative. They, they want to play on the front foot. Mourinho wants to sit back. I mean, he's sitting back against teams like Burnley and stuff like that. So, yeah, that um, is a fact. Yeah. So, so, Kevin, question for you: Which teams, in your opinion, can really afford a transfer fee and potential wages for Harry Kane? Man United. What in the in the Premier League or worldwide? Worldwide. I would say PSG, Man United, Man City. Real Madrid. Um, yeah, in my opinion, those are the teams. 
So Raz, if you were king, which of those four? If you have a choice, where are you going? I'll go Real Madrid. And why? And why? Real, Real Madrid, but why? Why Real Madrid? Real Madrid is obviously big, big, big club. Yeah, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to sign for a club like that. Secondly, Benzema is now coming to the latter stages of his career. He's not going to be there for too long. He goes into Real Madrid. He'll probably be the guy that takes over the realms as the main striker in that club. The rest of the team will play around how they want to suit his game. It's a perfect fit. Um, again, same for Man United. That would be a big signing for them and obviously a big club for him as well where he could potentially win things. But with the Premiership, I mean, I don't think Kane is the type of player that Guardiola will go for. That's not his kind of style. I don't think it is, no. Yeah, I think you're right there, actually. No, he's not. Uh, but he, they can afford him. I, I was just thinking... They can that. afford him, but they won't, he won't want to sign someone like Harry Kane. He, the, he likes, you know... Harry Kane's a hard-working player and everything, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to play the way that... Harry Kane's more of an aerial player, and, but, um, and Man City like to play on the floor. So I don't... I think, I think all you guys are right with what you say, but I think he'd probably end up at PSG. Pochettino. Oh yes, that factor. Does and you've got Di Maria to put the balls in for you? Yeah, PSG absolutely is another great signing, but I don't think it's... He wouldn't want to play in that league. Let's be honest, it's not the greatest of leagues. So if he had a choice between Real Madrid, La Liga or PSG, you're going to go to La Liga, where you got to play against Barcelona, Real, Barcelona, Valencia's, Sevilla's, Atletico Madrid's, you know, the likes of Luis Suarez, all these big players, Messi. It's a no-brainer. Where, where he, you're not going to be shining so much in Liga One than you are in La Liga. That's a fact. And PSG, yeah. Although they're the only team, they're going to keep winning it every season. Yeah, I think it's a toss-up between Man United and Real Madrid. Yeah, I think so. If he, if he wants to win things, he should go to Real Madrid because. Yeah, I'm not sure if he would win things straight away at Man United. Well, historically, historically, a lot of English players, a few English players have gone to Real Madrid and made it a success. You know, David Beckham, Steve McManaman, Gareth Bell to a certain degree. He's not English, but he's Welsh. But yeah, Michael Owen. Michael Owen, well, he didn't. He only lasted six months or something. A he, year. Still won, he still won something, don't he? Did, did he? I'm not even sure if he lasted. Yeah, he won that. Either league or champion. Yeah, it was a league that they won. Um, yeah, so Cunningham, back uh, in the day. Sorry, who? Louis Cunningham, way back in the day. Oh yeah, that's uh, way way back. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Real Madrid will be a perfect fit. Plus, it's a, it's a city as well that you know, and you know, he'll probably prefer being the great stadium. You know, why not? More money. They'll probably be able to give him three, four hundred grand. No problem. That's my opinion on that. And then Man City will go Haaland anyway. Yeah, what is this talk about Lukaku being linked with a return to the Premiership? Like, come on, man. Yeah. I know he's done well in Serie A, but he's they say that whole Man City may consider him. But look, a couple of problems with Lukaku. His first touch is actually pretty poor. Yeah. Right? In Serie A, obviously, he looks great because you can have it's a first a slower league. bad touch and you've got space to get around these slower defenders. And then, um, God, what else is it? 
he can't score against the big teams. Even even over there, he hasn't really he hasn't done it against the big teams. Lukaku's great for like you know those mid to bottom level teams, right? Who will score a couple of goals here and there, but against real quality teams, he can't score. Same, that was his problem all the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean. The thing is, I think for Lukaku right now, he needs to stay where he is because he's at a great club. Inter's a great club, right? Um, and they got they they're getting somewhere now. They're going to places. They're gonna win, and they've got potential chance of maybe not this season, next season, winning the Champions League. Because listen, you that's not happening. You never Champions know. League, I'm just saying. If you see that team on paper, they look good. They've got some good players in that team. Listen, it's, it's always going to be four or five teams that can win the Champions League every season. And you Keep going over Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool, Man City, Tier 1. Tier 2, PSG, Atletico, Chelsea, and maybe you could throw in Juventus in that. And I'm sorry, Tier 1, I forgot to say Bayern Munich. <laughs> but you never know. You've got the likes of AC Milan, Inter. They're coming in now. And, and Serie A, I've been, I've, I started to watch it again after you spoke to me last week. I was watching it this weekend. And you know what? Inter look good. Uh, they look really, really good. AC Milan look good as well. Um, very resilient. And I think Juventus is always, you know what, Juventus, they're going to be there or thereabouts. So don't write off Serie A that quickly. Don't write off their teams, man, because you, you just don't know. And Champions League kind of fits them because it's not as... How can I tell you, the, the, the refereeing in the Champions League is a little bit more harsher, so it's not going to be as tough and as hard as it would yeah, be in the Premiership. Inter, I'm not sure. If, if I'm an Inter Milan fan, I'd be pretty worried because I don't know if you guys know, there's a couple of Chinese owners, right? They own Inter Milan and they okay. own a team in China, Chinese league team. They ceased operations last few days. Did you guys hear about that? I've not been following it in that so sense. Basically, right? the guys, they sold the club and the club is done. And they're thinking that could potentially happen at Inter. Because apparently the Chinese government put pressure on these owners to actually invest their money back in China as opposed to overseas. So because they had a cash flow issue, they just sold that team. And don't be surprised next season at Inter if some of these guys like Lukaku and Lauturo and Stefan Rij and so on and so forth are not there. There just might be a cut price sale, yes, which yeah. a lot of teams could benefit from. Absolutely. You're for Lacazette. Swap who for Lacazette? Lukaku. Nah, mate. I like. I, I told you, Lacazette's all right for you guys, man. Yeah, but Lacazette's got one year left on his deal, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But you don't want Lukaku, trust me. He's been around in the Premiership, I man. I think he's good for twenty goals a season. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny that, man. He does knock in goals. 2018 to 22 a no, season. No, I haven't yeah. said that. And I can't be a bad shout for you guys. I mean, you're not going to get much. So that could be Lacazette a deal. Lacazette doesn't, doesn't get in the 20s too, too much. No, he uh, won't. What about Lukaku for Liverpool? No, mate. I'm happy with Bobby. Bobby don't score enough goals. That's your problem. Yeah, but Bobby, Bobby scores important goals. I loved what he did the other day. I think Lukaku is probably the kind of player that club could turn around yeah. Yeah. take it to the next level yeah. you know what we can speculate all this but you know with Liverpool I think we're not going to sign anyone not, I, I think this is what we've got now we're just waiting for our players to come back and that will probably be it because they've already spent money on these two defenders and look what we got you know so I, I don't think they got any money and I don't blame them. speaking of cloth 
if the German national team job becomes available, he would be the number one contender for that. I would not see him turning that opportunity down. Do you, Raz? Well, if he doesn't, we've got a ready, a ready guy waiting to come on. Yeah, Steven Gerrard. That's going to happen eventually anyway. So Eventually, yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's in training right now. And he's I would hate to see, you know, Gerrard go there and turn into, like, Lampard 2.0. I would I hate, hate that as well. That would ruin his legacy. But it's going to happen eventually and you never know. It could be a different scenario. He could actually win the league as a manager. That would be an amazing feeling for him. And I'll be very, very, very happy for him. Although I did say a few few episodes back that he wasn't the best captain for Liverpool. I'm hoping that he'll be one of the best managers for Liverpool. It's that slip. That's still. That's why you've got a bad memory of him because he slipped. That. That's. You should. No, no, that no. Up. It's not only that. I, I just found him sometimes a little bit too much about. Yeah, you know what? He carried the team quite a bit, but I felt like he could have just stepped back a bit for a little while and just let other people take control. When Luis Suarez was around, he should have let, let Luis Suarez. Oh, all right, you go. Do what you got to do, and he just should have taken a step back. I heard uh, Dan Babar's looking for a, a move to an Anfield club. Nah, he's alright, mate. I don't want him after what he did. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, quickly, we've got, we got a few minutes to go, so I'm going to quickly ask you guys this question, right? Who would be your three central... If you had, say, you had a formation of 4 3 3, who would be your three midfielders? current playing midfielders right now for, for who Liverpool or in general in general your team you had, you're playing 4-3-3 the free midfield who would it be based on the players we currently have or players that we could go and buy players no not in your team just to, 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 just you can buy them whatever oh, you, so basically three fantasy midfielders yeah oh man you put me on the spot go on Kevin you go first I'll think about this I'm going to say Partey, a bit of bias there. Um, Fernandez, just ahead of him. Bruno Fernandez. Yeah. Okay. Um, and maybe just end Diddy just to, just to do the dog work, do your hmm. running and tackling. Okay, well, just to make this interesting, I'm not going to pick any of those three. I'm, I'm going to go a little more attack-minded. Frankie de Jong, um, Ernesto Valverde from Real Madrid, and João Felix. I'm going for Gnabry, Thiago. Of course you would. All right, so Thiago on the right, Gnabry on the left or whichever way, and I'll have Busquets in the middle. Thiago on the right, my friend, is is not smart. In my no, no, let's put him in the left and Gnabry on the right and Busquets in the middle. That's it. Busquets has no legs, my friend, man. I watch him. In I don't want him to move. I just want him to do what he does. Be a new, just just stop things. Read the game. That's all he does. Oh, yeah. That's all he needs to do. He doesn't need to do that because Gnabry's got the attacking force and Thiago's right. going to be pressing. While the we're talking fantasy football, essentially. Let's just pick the front three strikers. Come on. Go on, Kevin. Oh, you put me in a spot there. Uh, I'm going to quickly go. Obama Yang, Haaland, and Harry Kane. Ooh, I like that. 
There you go. Mbappe on one side, Aubameyang on the other side, and down in the middle, Harry Kane. <laughs> All right, me being me, I'm just going to make it difficult for myself. I'm going to pick three totally different guys: Chiro Immobile, Lauturo Martinez, and Lukaku. Serie A boys. <laughs> great stuff. Great, great, great. Well, look, either of them can work. Guys, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Next episode, we're going to be talking about your fan, your best players in a team. Yeah, so you got to pick your best eleven, and we'll have a discussion about that of all time. All right, of Kevin. All time. So you got all week to decide on this, guys. It's been a pleasure having you on again. It's been amazing talking to you guys. Um, great show. Hopefully, have a good week again. See you all later, right, guys. guys. Take care. Have a great one. Bye bye. Lovely episode once again, guys. I mean, yeah, it's it's a great conversation that us guys are going to have. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. The best 11 for your team of all time. Let's see what these guys come up with. On that note, guys, have a great, great week. And thank you once again for listening in. And I'll speak to you guys or you can uh, next, next weekend, same time. Take care. Have a great one. Bye-bye.